I'm Danny, that witch next door. And you're listening to That Witch Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode, another week at That Witch Podcast. I'm Danny, That Witch Next Door, and you are listening to part two of last week's episode, which is a Magic Fundamentals episode all about altars and tools. This week, I am giving everybody a tour through just my personal favorite altar tools that I use. And I do really, really recommend listening or watching this episode on YouTube just because it is so, so visual. I'll be giving you quite the little tour today. So head over to YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe once you get there. And I hope you have a great day. All right, on to the tools. I'm so excited and I'm really going to try not to hit the mic over and over again. So maybe we'll start here. One thing I have on my altar are my divination tools, like my tarot cards. If you're watching me on YouTube, you're very familiar with this beautiful, beautiful deck. This is the Deviant Moon Tarot. By Patrick Valenza. It's always in the description of my YouTube videos. I will also include it in the description of the regular podcast episode today as well. So divination tools are definitely something that I keep on my altar, both as a form of storage and as a form of charging. So I use my altar like a little charging station. You know, they make those little charging stations that you, it looks like a little pad and you can just lay your phone on top of it and it just charges it. Picture that for my altar. That's what I picture. (laughs) So because I've blessed and consecrated this space so much, because I've built so much power and magic there, like I was talking about, this is like a charging station, almost like an electric charging station. And so I very intentionally lay and arrange certain things on my altar to charge them. It's a very similar concept to crystal grids and arranging crystals in a specific way to really activate them and amplify their power and therefore your intention. Uh, I'm just doing it without a crystal grid, technically. I'm just doing it intuitively is all. But I do treat the whole surface area like its own little charging base. And so I lay specific divination tools on my altar to charge them. And any decks that are in hibernation right now or taking a little nap right now, they get cleansed, put in their box, and put in my witchy storage, which if we have time, maybe we'll talk about on this episode. I It'll probably be something that I just do on Instagram. So make sure you're following me on Instagram and subscribe to YouTube. I would definitely put this on YouTube. But I want to do a video showing how I organized my witchy space and my witchy tools because it's really aesthetically pleasing and I would love to show it off. Okay, so anything that is not in hibernation and not taking a nap and is therefore a divination tool that is, you know, actively out and waiting for me to use. And I kind of let each tool tell me what needs to be out and what needs to be put away at every single altar change that I do. Sometimes I do an altar change once a month. Sometimes it takes like four months. I really try not to go that long, but, um, I really let the tools speak to me and speak for themselves and let me know what needs to be put away, what needs a little nap and a little rest and what needs to be out. And there are lots of things that need to be out that I don't use for a while. And then the day will come and I'm like, oh, see, yep, you need it to be out. So tarot cards, specific tarot decks that are currently in use, I keep those out on my altar. I keep them out. I don't keep them in their cloth bag on my altar only. That's the only, only area I leave my cards just out and breathing is a sacred space like that. Um, And when I'm actively doing a show like this for you guys where I'm showing them to you. But other than that, if they're not in a sacred space, they are in a box or in a cloth bag, okay? And then some of my other divination tools, like my pendulums, 
These are three of them. Aren't they so pretty? That first one, the purple one, let's see how good the camera will do it. Is lapidolite or lapidolite. And this was gifted to me by a lovely human that I'll be bringing up again in a little bit here. And this one is moonstone. This one's like the heaviest and the biggest and the chunkiest, and I love it. And then this is my obsidian. <clears throat> I love obsidian. I love it so much. It's like blacker than black. So fucking grounding. Ugh. I'm really excited to do the crystal episode with you. I was preparing for that today. So definitely make sure you keep an eye out and come back for crystal episode. So active divination tools like pendulums, tarot decks, oracle decks, uh, runes. If they are out and awaiting use or currently in use, they go on the altar. Otherwise, they are cleansed. They are carefully packed and put away and put into storage. Again, I personally don't use my altar for very much storage. Now, that is not to say that it's not used for any storage at all. So remember that lovely human that I just mentioned? Kaylee Nauman at eclecticdesigns.co, who is my brand designer, and honestly, all around fucking brand and design guru. Uh, This was a really beautiful gift that she had custom handmade for me uh, from Storm Burns. And so Storm makes these really, really beautiful handmade and hand-carved crystal grid boxes. And Kaylee commissioned him to make me a completely custom top with my, with my, uh, that witch next door logo on it and everything. So this is very, very, very special to me. And the reason that I'm showing it to all of you, because besides how beautiful it is and how much I love it is because you need a box. I would recommend a box on your altar. And the prettier it is, the better. You're going to want it to look, you're going to care about aesthetic, okay? I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you need to only care about aesthetic and get lost in it. Of course not. But I'm also not going to sit here and lie to you and say, you don't have to worry about how it looks. Let's be honest. We're all going to care about how it looks, right? Ourselves. It doesn't matter what other people think of it, but how we think it looks matters. And so you are going to want to have a nice box. The box that I used to have on my altar, I actually use at my workspace altar down here in the studio now, but it's similar in that it's this dark wooden box with really beautiful um, like rivets on it and stuff. And so I love having some kind of ornate box. It could be as small or as big as you like. A shoebox size is probably a good starting point. I wouldn't necessarily get bigger than that. Um, but right around there is good. The boxes that I've used are probably, I don't know, half to three quarters the size of a shoe box. And they are really nice to have for a little bit of storage, but what I call active storage. So these are items that I do use regularly, but I don't just want them out and about or displaying them is just not aesthetically pleasing, or I simply put, don't have very much room for them. And so having a box is a really nice object, not only because it looks so pretty, but because it still acts as another surface, as another shelf, if you want. I obviously, since this one is so beautifully carved on the top and engraved on the top, I don't put anything on the top of this so that I can see it. But uh, the other box that I used to use, which essentially is from like Michael's or something like that. And it is an old looking box. It like looks antique and thrifted, but it's not, you know what I mean? And I definitely used that to put shit on top of their shit on top of it right now. So that's another plus to having a box is not only can you put shit in it and it, you know, it hides it from looking like junky and it can look as junky inside the box as you want. Um, but it looks tidy from the outside and you can use it as an extra shelf, which I really love. So having a box really, really, uh, hot 
tip, hot witch tip. So the other thing that I want to show you that I brought up a little bit ago are journals and books of shadows, right? Now, like I said, neither one of these are my book of shadows. These are two of my many journals. Actually, if you want, here's the three of my many journals. This is my work journal, though. I always have this for the podcast. Um, I have, I don't know, six, seven active journals. That sounds pretty correct. And they all have different purposes to them. And I love them for that. I keep my journaling so much more. I know this sounds silly, but organized that way because I have some journals that are for really, really abstract thoughts and poems or writings or just thoughts in general, right? Like just, just things that I feel come up. Maybe their channels or downloads or messages sometimes, but I have very abstract and they're, they are aesthetic in a way, but I am very loose in the aesthetics. So I will like cut and paste things in there. They're similar. It's really hard to describe. They're similar. I don't have any of them down here. They're similar to a bullet journal in that it's it doesn't look like a traditional journal. It's not at all a bullet journal because bullet journals are like really fucking beautiful. And it's, it's a lot more, you know, like sixth grade collage than that. And I love it for that. And I don't care, but that's what I use some for. And it's a really nice place for creative expression. It's something that I've done ever since I was a kid. because I've always had a diary. Um, and I used to make collages of all kinds and like vision boards and stuff like that. And so it is a really fun, creative uh, thing that I do. And then this is like my actual journal, journal, like dear diary. Here's what happened. (laughs) I thought I could say that with a straight face, but I couldn't. But seriously, that's that journal. That's like my real, this is like the one. Um, And there's a lot of those, but that's, and it's almost done. I'm going to need a new one pretty soon. This is um, a special witchcraft ritual journal, but not a book of shadows. Like I don't use this to write spells or anything. It's different. And then, like I said, I have a work one that this is where I brainstorm. This is where I write notes for the podcast. And uh, this is where I really organize my abstract thoughts and ideas for business and work through them. And then I, I end up putting them on like a Miro board and organizing them there, or I put them in my calendar, my planner, right? And I organize from there. But this is my work journal is like my catch-all. It's just a giant notebook that just catches all of my work creativity in it. So journals, I keep the most sacred ones on my altar, again, as a way of honoring that object or that tool and to kind of bless it and charge it. So I only keep my book of shadows and these two notebooks that I just showed you on my altar. I don't even keep my work one on there. It's not. I love you work journal. Sorry, I'm not trying to insult you, but you don't belong on the altar. (laughs) So I only keep very certain, very special ones on there. And it's, again, out of a sign of respect and honor for that tool. This is a good example of just how in witchcraft we take something, you know, very simple and everyday and muggle, right, if you will, and very mundane and and really enchant it and really make it magical and really make it special and sacred. That's that's a really good example is how I use my my journals. Okay. Now Another couple of very important, important tools here are tools for cleansing. And I have a lot of tools for cleansing. So I did not bring all of them, but I brought a few. I brought a good little variety. And the first one I brought is my selenite wand. I love this thing. I love it so much that even though my daughter don't worry, I do love more than I love this selenite one. Even though she rammed it, the point, into the ground over and over and over again one day until I found her, 
I kept it. <laughs> Even though the tip is not sharp at all anymore, uh, I still kept it. I love this selenite wand. I, once again, I let the tools speak to me. I let them speak for themselves. I just broke... Oh my God, even talking about it, I'm so sad. I just broke one of my most special favorite crystals ever, uh, like three days ago. And oh my God, I'm still not over it, as you can tell. And I let it, you know, speak to me and let me know that it was done. It's time was done. This was different with the selenite wand. It was not, the time was not over. The selenite wand was a little more resilient. It was like, eh, we could take it. We're a little banged up. We're a little rough around the edges now, but we can take it. It's so effective. I love this thing. I love selenite wands. I think that wands are super underrated and super underused. And I think it's because people feel dorky doing it. And I really don't want you to. They are a perfect tool of focus when you're casting any kind of energy, whether it's protection, whether it's cleansing, and whether it's just activating something, like they're really, really effective, especially for people that have a hard time visualizing. Not everybody is super visual. We have to remember this. Not everybody is super visual. And that's why it can be really beneficial for people to use tools in their magic. They're not necessary. You don't, they're not deal breakers is what I should say. Um, they are as necessary as you deem them to be. But you could perform and do magic your whole life and practice witchcraft your whole life without ever using a single tool. Um, it's really about your behavior and your thoughts and your words and your beliefs and your actions. And, you know, your visualization is obviously wrapped up in a part of that, but not everybody is really visual. And so using physical objects and tools can really help bring people into the present moment, into the intentional act that they are in the middle of and really help maintain their focus. And so that's in my opinion, that's the point of having tools in witchcraft. And that is why I love wands. They're a perfect focal point there, especially when you use a crystal like this, it's got a lot of really good weight to it. When it has a point like this, it really amplifies that visual for us. Okay. And when I use my wand, I do picture shining, beautiful light coming out of it. And honestly, I'm going to say this, Fuck you if you think that's stupid. I don't care. Like, honestly, I want everyone to start embracing this. I want you to just flip off anybody that makes you feel like a nerd or a dork or dumb or whatever for like doing harmless things that you enjoy in that and that bring magic and fulfillment to your life. Anybody that makes fun of you for doing that is an asshole. So there's my soapbox for the day. Visualization is a key part to magic. And I don't give a shit if people think that you're dumb for doing it. And if you don't want to tell people you do it, that's fine too. But if you do, do not feel dumb for it. And if they make you feel dumb, they're the ones being an asshole. So they're the shitty, you know, one, well, they're the one to feel shitty for in that situation. You are living a really magical, enchanted life and you're living really mindfully and really intentionally, and you are getting more out of life by allowing magic into it. And so anybody that blocks that out of their life, I do genuinely feel bad for them. I will flip them off on their way out if they're trying to be a dick to me. But but for real, the people that are that hardcore against magic to the point where like they make fun of it and stuff like that... I, I, I do deep down just feel bad for those people because that means they have absolutely no enchantment in their life. And that's fucking sad to me that you permanently lost that from being a child. And hot tip, if that sounds familiar or if you feel like you have lost some of that magic, you need to do inner child work, okay? All right. Now, selenite wand, nice, effective way for cleansing casting energy in circles, like I said. Um, and this, the, the like really nice up 
side of this, I guess is what I'm trying to say, is that this is smoke free. So you don't have to burn anything. So if you live or work in an area that you can't light an herb or a candle or whatever, um, get a crystal wand or make a wand, literally like with a tree branch or whatever you want, make a wand, cleanse it, bless it and use it. Ugh, there are so many cool YouTube videos online. Go look at them right now. Well, finish the episode and then go look at the wand videos. <laughs> okay. So selenite and to piggyback selenite, we do have the selenite tower here. I love this thing. It looks like just waterfalls coming out. And that's how I envision it. I envision the cleansing vibrations of selenite, just like volcanoing out of this unendingly all the time. And that's why it's at the very top of my altar. I have like a, I have like a triangle shelf on there. And I put that at the very top of it and just envision it constantly cascading down over everything. So stationary tools like crystals like that, um, that are intended or charged with the intention to cleanse or protect or whatever the intention is you program it with. You can have this stationary tool that it's just doing that for you. It's just this ongoing act and it's doing that for you. So that's a really nice thing to have. And then lastly, in the realm of cleansing, I'm also super excited to show this off, but this is a rosemary bundle that I grew. Look at that. That's from my own garden. And I wrapped that sucker and then I trimmed it and made it look super professional. I'm very, very proud. I'm mostly, honestly, the biggest reason that I'm proud is that I had enough rosemary to make this and it smells so good. Oh my God. It smells so much better than those, um, like mass produced rosemary bundles that you get, which no shame. I fucking love those things. And I have a few of them, but this was so satisfying to be able to make and do myself. And it's almost ready to be burned. I'm really excited. So I chose this particular rosemary bundle so I could show it off to you. But in general, the reason I'm showing you a rosemary bundle is having some sort of herb. That is a very, very common tool to have on your altar. That could be in the form of loose herbs. And that could be in the form of a bundle, like a rosemary stick like this. Now, remember that white sage is part of a closed practice. It has been over-harvested, over-farmed, and insanely exploited. And it is in our best responsibility and respect to just not use it, okay? A lot of people will tell you, uh, that, you know, it just depends on the place that you get it from. If you buy it from natives that, you know what, you can go take this ethical issue and do your own research. And I really encourage you to do so, um, and make the decision that's best for you. But what I do is I don't use it. I don't use white sage. Um, I used to for many, many years. So there's a lot of like old pictures and stuff that I have where, you know, you'll see white sage in the background and stuff. But that is something that uh, I really, really worked through in through lots and lots of research and ethical reflection. And I've chosen to let that completely go. And honestly, unless you are indigenous, I really recommend you do the same. I, there are just so many other herbs you can use for the same thing. Okay. Like there's, there's just no excuse. So that's why I take the stance that I do about it. There's just straight up no excuse. And by the way, yeah, you can have this really, really amazing accomplished feeling. If you take the time and the commitment that it takes to grow this yourself, if you're able to, and fun fact if you're like, I can't grow anything, Danny, I don't have anywhere outside. This was grown inside. This is an indoor plant. Our rosemary bush is indoor and it has been growing a long time. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of patience in this bundle. Ooh, I'm going to think of that every time I burn it. There's a lot of patience in here. Um, but God, the accomplishment that you get from it as well. So do your own research on your herbs, but having some kind of herbs on your altar for burning or just 
leaving on your altar to charge or as an offering or as a blessing um, is really common. And there are so many, you can get so creative with this. I'm sure you listened to the last episode, right? And if you didn't, um, make sure you go back there and you look up Llewellyn's complete book of correspondences, that big cross-reference book guide that I was talking about. You know what? I'll leave the description here too. Let me write it down. Book of C. So I don't forget to tell you guys um, or leave the link. So you'll find the link for that, but don't forget to get that and really explore and use that as a good jumping off point for discovering, exploring um, herbs and their intentions. My other favorite, oop, let me write that down too. And yep. Uh, my, my probably most favorite book specifically for herbs and like herbal magic not herbal medicine, not like physical medicinal use for magical intention is Cunningham's Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs. That's also linked. Don't worry. And, oh, I love that book so much. I love that book so, so much. And you'll love it too. So that's a good place to start. Neither book of correspondences or Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs are like a completely exhaustive list but they are both wonderful wells of information and both wonderful uh, sources of inspiration uh, when it comes to working with herbs, especially if you are a beginner at all and you just want a really good reference book. I recommend both of those highly. Okay, now speaking of loose herbs, you do, if you do have the intention to burn them, you will need a way to do that. And I have a cauldron on my altar. Typically the cauldron lives in the kitchen on my kitchen altar because the cauldron in general is so, so representative of kitchen and hearth magic. So that's where my cauldron lives. But honestly, I take this thing everywhere. I take it everywhere. And that's actually what I love about having the little handle on it. So I will cleanse with this. Like I'll just walk around with it like this. It's adorable. I just love it. I love walking around with it like this. And um, I'll leave it by a window. I'll use it on my main altar. I'll use it down here on my work altar. If you're on my Instagram, you might have seen um, little appearances of my, my cauldron before. I love having a cauldron. Probably my favorite reason I have a cauldron is because it looks like a cauldron and I love them. And if you also love the aesthetic of cauldrons, you know what I'm talking about. And if you don't, you probably think I'm a little crazy and that's okay. But that's probably my favorite reason I have a cauldron. But my second favorite and almost equal favorite reason of having a cauldron is the honest to goodness sheer safety of this bad boy. So cauldrons, a real good one, is made of real cast iron and they typically have these little feet on the bottom of them. And that is the key. Those little feet, the handle and the lid, people, those are the main qualities you want to have in a cauldron, okay? When you go shopping for your next cauldron, I want this to be on your checklist. It needs to have feet. It needs to be cast iron. It needs to have a lid. Sorry, I knew it hit the mic at some point. Needs to have a handle. Uh, you could get away with no lid. It's kind of annoying. It's really nice to have a lid when you want to snuff it out and you don't feel like letting the whole thing burn down. Um, and the handle you could get away with not having, but Lord, once you have a handled cauldron, there's like no going back. You could never use one without a handle after that. The feet are a deal breaker for me. I would never buy a cauldron without them. And I would be surprised if they made one, honestly. They make like full-blown Dutch oven cast iron like pots, right? Those big black ones um, that look like this without feet is what I'm talking about. I have a glazed cast iron Dutch oven. So it's red and shiny, but it underneath, that's it looks like this. That's what those look like. And those don't have feet on them because they're made for flat stovetops. So that's going to be different. But when we're using these for burning incense, which is primarily what we use them for is burning incense and burning like paper or leaves, right? We burn shit in here. Fire goes into cast iron 99% of the time. Those little feet, especially if you use hot coals, 
will protect whatever surface you have this sitting on. Because I'm telling you, this motherfucker gets hot. And the coal that you use, the little coal that you put your incense on, that thing gets fucking hot. I put it on a hot plate one time, like a plate made for extreme heat. The plate was never going to break from that. But I didn't realize how hot the whole plate was going to get. And it's just sitting on this wooden fucking windowsill. And when I went to move it, I realized that the coal had heated the whole fucking plate and I burned the shit out of my hands. And it was like, it didn't like officially burn the wood underneath it because I caught it in time. But do you see what I'm saying? God, I hope my husband doesn't listen to this part. I'm safe. As soon as I realized it happened, I took care of it. I put a hot pad underneath it. But these are important things to remember. Witchcraft safety, everyone. So you want to have feet on your cauldron. You also want to have tongs. I didn't bring the tongs over here because tongs are tongs. They can be as cute or as plain as you want them to be, but you're going to want to have them. They're really, really handy when you're lighting a coal, okay? That's really sketchy to do with your hand. It's totally possible and doable, but I hate doing it. It gives me lots of anxiety. One of the most common tools, at least in all of my research, when I very first started out in witchcraft, will let you know to have a, a pentacle or a pentagram on your altar. And I, I would say I overall agree with that advice. If you straight up, feel, I don't know, negative about the pentacle, the beautiful, powerful, protecting, cleansing powers of the pentacle, but whatever, um, to each their own. If you really hate this symbol or whatever, you don't have to do it. But a lot of us feel very, very empowered by it. A lot of us feel very familiar with the pentacle. Like there was something about pentacles that called us even before witchcraft for a lot of witches, a lot, a lot, a lot. And I am very much one of them. Pentacles are like one of the most deeply sacred symbols to me. And so having one on my altar was one of my very first top priorities when I first made one. So this is actually one of the first altar tools I ever bought. I've had this for years. I mean, it, I, it probably was purchased in one of my first or second trips when I very first made my altar and I like went to the craft store and Dollar Tree and stuff and made my altar. Now. This is the portion where I'm going to show you some really fun tools. And simultaneously, we're going to have a really fun small business shout out. I'm really excited. So I already got to tell you about Kaylee, my amazing superwoman of brand coach and designer. And that she had commissioned for me this beautiful hand carved box from Storm Burns. Don't worry. Every single one of the small businesses that I'll be shouting out, you will be able to find in the description of the video or the episode so that you can go follow them and show them all the love. And please, please do. Um, but first up is we're getting it. So we're getting into the oddities section of my altar. And so because I am a death witch, because I am devoted to Hades, I do incorporate a lot of different oddities on my altar. I also just very naturally feel connected to oddities. I always have ever since I was a little girls. We used to actually have a little mini gem show at my elementary school every year. And I would buy bones and fossils and crystals and stuff. So I've, I've always loved stuff like this. But ever since I started practicing death magic and death witchcraft, um, I, I really seek out oddities now. And so first up is like the oddity queen herself. Sarah Marquez at CC Oddities by Sarah. Oh my gosh. Please, camera, don't butcher this with the glare. Man. Here we go. Now you can kind of see. Okay. In this beautiful handmade Oddities terrarium are foraged plants and insects and ethically sourced bones. And specifically in this piece is a uh, crow's foot or raven's claw. And that is uh, 
huge, huge, huge talisman of mine. I work with Raven and Crow energy frequently. So this piece just jumped out at me. And then I can't remember the name of this uh, fly in here that she pieced so beautifully in here. It's blue though. And I was really hoping it would be so much easier to see on the camera. Wait, wait, I finally found an angle. As long as I tilt it, the glare is not terrible. Go follow Sarah on Instagram right now at CC Oddities by Sarah. By the way, Sarah is C-E-R-A. Yes, she is named after Sarah from The Land Before Time. And that's dope as fuck. She has confirmed this. And she's also one of the best human beings in the whole world and in my life. And go give her a follow. Go take a look at her photos and videos of her work, which are going to be way better than my glary camera right here. Um, but she hand makes all these really beautiful ethical pieces that really incorporate both life and death and and rebirth in them. And uh, they're just such powerful pieces. I want to just keep showing off to you. It's so beautiful. So I have that. And then my other two little oddity jars here. These were both given to me from Sadie McGarry at Arcana Herbal. Now, if you know me prior to my That Witch podcast journey, then you know that I helped co-found Arcana and was there for many, many years. And uh, recently this year, earlier this year, I did make the very, very heavy, big decision to move away from Arcana. And now I'm on my my own, as you all know now. And so these pieces um, come from Sadie from this very immensely special time in my life. And one of them is this really, really beautiful butterfly wing preserved in this glass jar. And I'm so sorry. I cannot remember at all the the small business she got this from for me. I'm sorry about that. But this one, she made herself and... I'm pretty sure once in a while you can still get her to make you one at Arcana. But um, Sadie is a snake mama. And so she has lots of snake shed and she makes these beautiful ritual bottles with a quartz piece and the snake shed. And snakes are very, very representative of working with Hades and death magic because of this, this shedding and very transformative energy that snakes carry. And so, um, all of my oddities pieces are dedicated to Hades and arranged and placed on my altar uh, so that they're just standing in this visual way so that I approach it with this just automatic respect for life and death and rebirth. That's a big intention and energy around my altar personally. Um, you can find Sadie at Arcana Herbal on Instagram. Okay. And she owns this, if I do say so myself as well, and she's just taking it to such incredible heights. Um, it's this really, really beautiful magical witches boutique online and in store in Denver, Colorado. Please, please go check her out. Go visit, go follow, go show all the love there. Um, it's a really fucking special, special place. And then did I get everybody over here? Yes. And then one of my other favorite people in the whole entire world. I wanted to incorporate some jewelry in this presentation because I use my altar to charge and program very specific pieces of jewelry that I can wear in ritual or on days that I need to really, really tap into my power. And these, my friends, are my fucking power earrings. All right? Like, these are my badass, you are that fucking witch earrings. And these are handmade in Colorado by Maddie Greason from Paragon and Bone. You can find Maddie on Instagram at Paragon and Bone. She makes some of my favorite jewelry to exist. 
ever. And on top of that, it's handcrafted and handmade. And it's like every single piece of hers that I've ever seen or ever bought is, oh, hi, I'm holding it over here, is just the highest quality. She puts so much intention and skill and magic into every single piece of jewelry that she creates. I promise you that. And these are, um, oh, I'm, no, these ones are coyote teeth. That's right. I was like, oh crap, I almost forgot. These ones are my coyote teeth. I also have a black bear molar, um, necklace from her that I, oh, that's like my fucking Scorpio queen necklace that I wear. And I have lots of pieces from Maddie, but she incorporates different stones, fabrics, metals, bones, and oddity pieces and creates these really, really unique, again, very high quality pieces that for me, they have always just amplified my power. My Paragon and bone jewelry, they, they boost my power, especially because I'm a death witch. I personally seek out any pieces that Maddie has with bones or teeth in them. Um, but she has such a big variety and uh, go find her and go follow and support her right now. You will definitely not be sorry that you did. And then I had to bring out another fucking stunning jewelry piece. This is handmade as well by Casey Veal. And Casey owns From the Infinite Jewelry. Oh, you just wait for all angles of this. This is a pendant that I won in a really amazing, beautiful witchy giveaway. I won this on the Taurus New Moon. I'll never forget that. <laughs> I just, oh, this is so special to me. My midheaven is in Taurus and Taurus is my sister's sign because it's um, opposite Scorpio. It's opposite my sun sign. And so to win this on the Taurus new moon was one of the most powerful things that has ever happened to me ever. <laughs> I'm serious. I, you want to talk about some power. I get a lot, a lot of power from this necklace as well. And the fact that it's this just beautiful pyramid, just generating all of this energy. Ugh absolutely stunning. You can find Casey on Instagram at from the infinite jewelry. Again, all of these amazing human beings, you can find their Instagram handles in the description of the episode or the YouTube video. Please go show them all the love, give them follows, engage with their content, um, buy their goods. Cause you will, you will love them. Okay. We're almost done. We're wrapping up here. And lastly, in the oddities section, I have, I also wanted to just show it off, especially since it was a little bit hard to see in the terrarium, but this is my other crow's foot that I have. Okay. Very, very, very special to me. And I always make sure any, any oddities or bones anything that comes from something that was once living was ethically sourced, okay? And ethically purchased as well from an ethical business. All very important building blocks. And um, like I said, I work with crow energy a lot. If you find that you're very drawn to crows or ravens, I highly recommend uh, looking them up and doing some research after the episode very magical, very powerful beings and messengers, honestly, of the spirit world. So they really represent uh, spiritual awakening. So if you're getting a lot of ravens and crows signs, do not ignore them. And lastly, because they're so sweet and cute and I love this. And this was the part of the tools I wanted to show to represent um, a portion of my deity practice are... This is my little duo that I have for Hades and Persephone. So this is a carved skull that I have that's carved out of bone. And I can't remember what type of bone. I apologize. I got this at the Denver Gem and Mineral Show from a local vendor, I want to say two years ago, maybe three. Nope, two years ago. And um this is my, my very special talisman and relic for Hades. 
I, that's the best way I could describe or label this tool, I guess. Um, it's not just an offering. It's a very, it was like the skull that I purchased for my Hades altar. I have always been drawn to skulls. I have them all over my house year round. Um, but that was like the skull that I bought for my Hades altar and dedicated to him. And then recently this year, I also devoted myself and started following and worshiping Persephone as well. And I really work with both Hades and Persephone from a balance standpoint and specifically from a marriage standpoint. So my husband and I both really, really resonate with the Hades and Persephone energy and power and what they represent and the type of relationship that they have and the type of rule that they have in the land of the dead and this duality of Persephone, uh, like her intention and her powers. And she is this goddess of life and spring and also this queen of the dead. Like there's so much duality and polarity and in Persephone. And then there's so much healthy, secure attachment to be learned from their relationship where there's this independence that they both have when Persephone goes home for a full half of the year, every year. And yet they're probably the healthiest, strongest, most loving couple of all of the gods and goddesses. In my opinion, I find Hades to be the most genuinely caring and loving husband of all the gods. And, and we, my husband and I just, he doesn't identify as a witch, but he will do ritual with me when I ask him to be a part of it. And, um, I, I tell him and educate him on Hades and Persephone a lot. And so I have a whole section of my altar really dedicated to my relationship and, um, really through this worship and respect and these teachings from Hades and Persephone. So what this is with that nice long backstory, what this is, oh, I hope I can get it to kind of focus. Sorry, I don't know if I can. This is a jar that I made for Hades not very long before I started worshiping and officially devoted myself to Persephone, but I made this for Hades on the spring equinox, which is the day that Persephone goes home. Well, the day that she goes above ground, if you will. It's the day that she goes home to Demeter to her mom and she brings spring to all of us. And so it's this sacrifice that they make in their relationship. And, and I made this for him as a you know, just this token of, of love and understanding and acknowledgement that I really appreciate your sacrifice and that, you know, she, you didn't just demand that she stay with you and, and you just starved all of humanity of Persephone's magic and gifts. And so because of that sacrifice, like, we get to experience that new beginning of spring every year and that new life and rebirth that spring brings because of their, their sacrifice. And so this little jar was, was my, my symbol of thanks to Hades and Persephone. And so I gave this to him just to say thank you for that. And I added a little charm on it, which is a key because Persephone has the key to his heart. Aw, yay, cute Greek Hellenistic witchcraft. <laughs> so these are a bunch of different tools that I have on my altar and different tools you can have on your altar. And I hope that today you learned something and I hope that today you're inspired and I hope that you really felt that magical witchy spark by going through all of these magical tools today. I had a fucking blast doing this. Thank you so, so much for joining me today. Fundamentals of Magic are really, really fun episodes to do. I have some new new episodes coming your way, but new types of episodes coming your way as well. We're going to keep doing the Fundamentals series for a long time. We've got lots of Fundamentals to cover. 
but we are also going to start having some guests on the show. I'm really, really, really excited. Starting at the Libra new moon, we are going to have my first special guest on the show. And then um, after that, we will have some other really amazing, magical, just beautiful, interesting folks on here. And we're going to be talking more and more about ethics of spirituality and business development and coming at you very soon, most likely next week's episode. I want to do some social media magic etiquette. How can we take our power back on social media and stop letting it take over our lives and poison us? And how can we use it as a tool? Hint, hint. Do you remember kind of talking about this on the money episode as well? Very similar idea here. We're going to talk about not just in a mindset way, how to really work with and look at and use and show up on social media. But we're going to couple that with a lot of really good, actual, solid um, social media information and social media strategy, okay? So if you are interested in all or you're somebody that uses social media uh, for growth, whether that's growth for your business or for yourself, because you really like to grow your social media presence, you are not going to want to miss that episode. So make sure you come back for that. And once again, thank you so much, so much, so much for your support, everybody. I appreciate every single one of you. The podcast already hit 2,000 downloads. We are well on our way to 3,000 already. And I'm just so insanely grateful and humbled by this support. So thank you, thank you, thank you, everybody. I really, really hope to see you at my free masterclass, How to Start a Witchy Business That's Actually Legit, on Thursday, September 30th at 6 p.m. Mountain Time. But remember, if you can't make it live, you still get the replay for free. If you want to uh, register for that, just send me your first and last name and your email address to thatwitchnextdoor at gmail.com or shoot me a DM on Instagram at thatwitch.nextdoor. All right, I'll see y'all next week. I hope you have the most magical, magical week ever and I'll talk to you soon. Bye everyone. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's episode of That Witch Podcast. I seriously appreciate every single listen, every single download of every single episode. If you want to help continue to support the show, you can leave me a five-star review on iTunes. That really helps me reach other people that would enjoy the show as well. You can also just share the show with a friend or tag me on social media where you can also follow me at thatwitch.nextdoor on both Instagram and TikTok. If you want to work with me, I offer some really, really awesome one-on-one sessions with my clients. And I also will be launching a very cool mentorship coming up in the fall. If you want to book a session or join the waitlist for the mentorship, head over to my website, thatwitchnextdoor.com. And don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel so you can get access to every pre-show tarot reading that I do before every single episode, as well as some other fun stuff I have planned for YouTube down the line. All right. Thanks again, everyone. I appreciate all of you so much. Stay magical out there.